0: Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What what are you thankful for? My dad used to ask that question every Thanksgiving. As I got older, I learned to just sort of write a list and put it in my lap so I could have something to say. Because if you said something first, you were off for the rest of the evening. But off of the top of your head, what can you think? Maybe you can't think of anything particular. And then again, maybe you can think of a great many things. But did you include your body and soul and your eyes and your ears and all of your members? Did you include your reasonings and all of your senses and your clothing and your shoes and your food and your drink and your house and your home and wife and children and land and animals and cars and phones and jobs and bosses and deaconesses and pastors and long services and occasional soda bread Luther explained in the first article of the Apostles' Creed, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and we list all things. And the statement continues, for all of these things it is our duty to thank and praise God and to serve and obey Him. Have you ever done something of great value for somebody else? you ever gone out of your way for somebody else? Were they grateful? Did they show their appreciation? Did you feel adored? And if not, were you disappointed? Were you annoyed? Maybe a little angry? Luke records for us an experience that happens to Jesus in our gospel today. Ten lepers are standing off um, on a distance miraculously they are healed, but only one comes to return to give thanks and praise unto Jesus. And Jesus asks with just a hint, just a trace of disappointment, where are the other nine? How often is the Christian church so much like the other nine? We often forget to give thanks. We forget to give thanks for the wonderful, wonderful gifts that we have been given day after day, month after month, year after year, day in, day out. Today, of all days, it's fitting for us to remember. The other nine who didn't return, they, they did seem to have some faith in Jesus. I'm sure that they all cried out in faith, Lord, Master, have mercy upon us. And I'm sure they all meant it. They meant it. It's a prayer for deliverance, a prayer of salvation. And it encompassed more than just just their need for, for physical cleansing. It was a release from their illness. It was a release from their uncleanliness. It was an end to their separation. It was an end to their separation from their families and their friends, an end to the disconnection that comes with this dreadful, highly dangerous, and highly contagious disease. All te- ten lepers knew that they needed, all ten of the lepers knew that they needed cleansing. They knew that Jesus to be their hope. Jesus responds to their cry, Go and show yourself to the priest at the temple. Jesus sent them to the place where they would be publicly acknowledged as being clean. This was part of the role of the priest, that they would come into the temple and say, I no longer have leprosy. The priest would look at them, they would examine them, they would poke them with sticks and declare them to be clean. And at that point they could go home. How many people will be separated in this holiday season and wish were nothing more than to go home. Jesus makes this possible. At the temple, they would be released. They would be released of their bondage. They would be free to return home, free to go back to civilization as it was. Normalcy, wouldn't that be great? With the disease still visible, they departed in faith from Jesus and on their way. All ten of them are cleansed of their leprosy. There is no doubt that all ten of them were overjoyed. There's no doubt that all ten of them rejoiced. Surely all ten were happy and delighted. But only one of them remembered who it was who had healed them. And out of the ten, there was only one who came back. And he, an outsider of all things, a Samaritan, a foreigner, the Samaritan saw God of creation at work with his own life. And he saw God in this Jesus of Nazareth. And he rejoiced, not only that in his healing, but he rejoiced also that his sins had been forgiven. And also the healing that made him part of a community again. It made him part of a family again. and not only reconciled him unto God but it reconciled him with his wife with his kids, with his grandkids with the community, with the guy that bakes bread across the street, with a car dealer or camel dealer as they were the Samaritan's leper's prayer for salvation, Jesus master, have pity on us it's answered, but it's answered more than he could have ever asked it's answered in full and as a result the Samaritan's finds himself on the ground, face down in front of Jesus in worship and adoration. And Jesus tells him to go. Go. Your faith has made you well. The salvation that he had prayed for, the salvation that he had had yearned for, was now his. It was his present possession. Just as that salvation is yours, Because God has given it to you by his word. Today I wager 90 to 95% of America will give thanks tomorrow. It's our big Thanksgiving day, right? People who even have little to no use for God at all. They'll eat their turkeys. They'll eat their mashed potatoes. They'll fight over what's left over of the pumpkin pie. They'll argue about politics. The Lions will lose. I don't even know who they're playing, but they're going to lose to somebody. Isn't it normally the Cowboys and the Lions? Maybe they could both lose. But how many will say thank you? And to whom are they thanking? Their own hands? Their own good luck? Are they thanking karma? It's a good day to ask. Who do you see as the source of your blessings? Even when we find ourselves weak when it comes into thankgiving, we tend to be be better askers than we, we are givers. We ask God to perform for us. We ask Him, God, defend us from our enemies. God, feed us. God, protect us. God, soothe things out. God, make me happy. God, protect me from this virus. But we also have so many things to be thankful. for. Consider again the, the ten lepers from our gospel lesson. Jesus healed all ten of them. He killed them of their, their incurable disease, but only one recognized the healer behind the healing. Only one in ten gave thanks, and he was a foreigner. This foreigner's thankfulness flowed into worship, as it should. Jesus may not have healed us from leprosy, but he has healed us. He may not heal us of every disease that we can think of, but He has healed us. And our illness was just as bad. Our illness was just as deadly. It was just as permanent. It was just as everlasting. When Christ died upon the cross, He delivered us from the consequences of our sin. He delivered us for our shallow thankfulness and our unholy praise of ourselves. And the fact that we take confidence in some of the worst things that mankind has to offer. When Christ died on the cross, he delivered us from that. In the waters of baptism, Christ won the forgiveness of our sins, and he applied it unto each one of us. And he has called us by his name. He set our feet upon a journey of faith, and he continues to heal us and to strengthen us upon our way. And that's more than enough to give thanks and praise unto God every single day that we might rise from our beds in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Lord God, forgive me and protect me and guard me and guide me as I launch out into this new day. Today we we gather for worship around God's Word and around the sacrament that we sometimes call Eucharist. I'd be remiss if I didn't remind you that Eucharist is nothing more than a Greek word that means to give thanks. When we come to this altar we receive Christ's body and blood given for us for the salvation of our souls and in doing we say thank you Lord. Thank you for thinking of me, for being with me, for guarding me, guiding me, forgiving me of my sins. When we gather in communion, we gather in thanksgiving. Thanksgiving for the privilege of having been made children of the Heavenly Father. Thanksgiving for the honor of being named heirs to the kingdom of God. Thanksgiving for living in a nation with freedoms, mostly. Thanksgiving for living in a country of laws. For the most part thanksgiving for the freedom to worship the one true god as long as you don't live in california the freedom to be the people of god we gather here and say thank you lord he continues to give good gifts to his people and so he continues to give good gifts unto you he even gives good gifts to those who are unthankful. who haven't given him a thought or a heed in 20 years. Continues to bless them as well. This is the heart of God. We know it's our duty to give thanks and return praise. He is the source of all goodness and mercy and blessings. We pray unthankfully that we may be brought to this knowledge as well. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Amen.